Um, so, so Blake Tanner, Jinder Mahal is my favorite wrestler of all time now. I'm sorry, he must be. <laughs> because they did an interview with, like, all the guys in, in Rassel. It was some music magazine, and they went to Alexa Bliss, and she was just like, I'm really into, like, Bowling for Soup and Panic at the Disco, and I'm like, yes. Yes. That's the kind of girl I want right there. <laughs> and then they, uh, I can't remember who else they talked to. They talked to Braun, and Braun was just like, I'm really into rap music. My my last deadlift, <laughs> I think his last deadlift record I got while listening to like a Daft Punk song. Jesus. And then That's it cuts. Wonderful. It cuts to Jinder Mahal, and Jinder Mahal just looks straight down. And he's just like, "I love Nickelback," and I went, "Fuck yeah, Jinder!" He's Jeez. going for full heat at this point, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, really. He's he's worked himself into a shoot. <laughs> Like, he's forced to drive around and listen to Nickelback now. He's just like, damn it, I've got to do it. Vince said it's committing. If only a hero could save us. <laughs> uh. He says it to get pumped. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Making their way down the aisle. They are the greatest podcasting tag team in all of time and space. They are Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and they are the B. And joining them, as always, he is the Lord of the Smart Side. He is the Dylan. And together, they are known as the Fight. Boys. Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly podcast about professional wrestling and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your ho- host, joined this week, as always, by my tag team partner in crime, one of the greatest JWF superstars of all time, and my best friend, Blake Tanner. I wasn't ready. (laughs) He wasn't ready. I'm sorry. I asked if you were ready for this recording to begin. And it's just, you know what? You're right. I said yes. Admittedly, I did say yes. Blake, Blake, the energy's not here, man. If something feels different, there's no Dylan. No, Dylan, Dylan, of course, is working off his suspension um, from the JWF. (laughs) Exactly. And the Dylan is gone. What, What can we do? What could we do? <laughs> and they say that heroes no. save us. <laughs> Not go- That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined this week by um, my good buddy Brady Cook, who is actually me and him just started a, a, a series on our YouTube channel where we played WWE 2K17, and we've created a fucking monster. He's such a pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a lovely creature. Um, and so, yeah, I figure we could bring Brady on. It'd be some nice cross-promotion. If you mm-hmm. like what Brady says with his mouth hole, just tune in to WWE 2K17 on our uh, the official BS Network YouTube channel, and you can check that out. Uh, so, Brady, how have you been? It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. Nothing has happened <laughs> in a week. No, <laughs> nope. God, that sucked. I was like, all right, guys, let's come up with some news. Um, uh, There's not much, nope. is there? <laughs> Although, mm. we were talking about the Dylan, and... 
you know, the Dylan did come out uh, lately on JWF television. We haven't seen Brunch Boy Baron Corbin as often. He's not been pushed to the moon like he was, because you know, for a while, Baron Corbin, he looked, he looked ready. He looked like to become the next JWF champion. And then the Dylan, I think, had a conversation with Captain Tibbs and just said he's not ready. He's not ready for that top spot, so therefore Baron's push has been ruined, unfortunately, thanks to the Dylan. Dylan, man. Yeah, the Dylan. He's the worst. That's a, that's actually how he got suspended uh, for six days. <laughs> and then on top of that, apparently, uh, Baron Corbin has another job with another wrestling company. And a certain top guy in that company also dissed him. So it's been a bad month for Baron Corbin, brunch boy or otherwise. You know, I've heard that guy, um, the guy that dissed him in that other company, he's going after other guys now. Can't wait to see what that what's happening there. <laughs> the uh, greatest in pro wrestling analysis only from Blake Tanner. I heard that guy, what done messed yep. up, he messed up a bit more. <laughs> well, I heard that he got called a fake-ass bitch earlier tonight. <laughs> yes, he did. Shit. Yes, he did. Oh, God, just reading the John Cena Roman Reigns exchange like I have not even seen it yet but I was like oh wow they did not give a shit about kayfabe they didn't care about anything which is the point I think Vince said send out the good brothers they're destroying my business we need some good PG fun in here. Call them nerds. That's the worst we're going with here. Just get them out of here. You, I think you's a fake-ass nerds. <laughs> like, like they're the new right to censor. Like, they're in the ring the whole time. Just anytime someone almost says bitch. All right. You're a punk-ass nerds. Total bullshit, man. <laughs> bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> fork you and fork your family. Move on. <laughs> fork all of you. Austin 316 uh, says, I just whooped your hiney. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, that was an exchange. I'm shockingly very excited about the Ro Roman Cena, like, program. If they just didn't pull the trigger on it this quickly. Like, it would have been cool if they teased it last week and then they moved on to something different this week. But now they're like, no, no, we're just going to go ham on it. We're going to have the CM Punk... Oh shit, Blake's gone. <laughs> Alright, you know what, Blake? You left, and I was like, okay, we gotta make sure that there's continuity, and we're still talking about what we were fucking talking about when you left, but I just read the results of the main event of Raw, and your winner, and new Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. What? Why? Fuck you. They just keep <laughs> tossing it, man. Why? Uh, wait. Though, <laughs> oh. so, this is the exact opposite of when Charlotte and, and Sasha. Sasha were switching championships <laughs> every every night. Yep. Um. Apparently, afterwards, Nia Jax came out and was just like. Yay, my, my BFF Alexa. And then hit her in with a Samoan drop, grabs the title, and then left. So we're finally getting the feud that I predicted at SummerSlam was going to start. But instead, they're like, let's give him like two weeks. Yeah, yeah give it a little while. The titles. Let him stew on The it. title situation and all of them are fucked up. Really? Like, 
Yeah. It's pretty insane mm-hmm. all of the what all the titles are going through right now. You got a part-timer, you got a hot potato belt, and the Miz exists. And then also the Miz, um, <laughs> who by the way is like is like number five on the list of mm-hmm. longest reigning all time intercontinental champions with like combined reigns. And I was like, oh yeah, he just- Jesus. He just surpassed Razor Ramon. Uh huh, and like he is very, very close to beating Tito Santana. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of our good, good Miz boy. But uh, going back to Raw, yeah, Roman, Roman and Cena wrecked each other for a while, and then quite possibly just the worst Enzo Amore promo I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was rough. It's hard to conflate like the idea of a bad Enzo promo in my mind so I'm just not gonna watch it okay well hold on Blake how about I just give you a reenactment of my personal favorite line which is I can do it all I can do it both at both times for instance I can sit back watch Floyd Mayweather knock out Conor McGregor and make money at the same time at which point the crowd began to horribly fuck Enzo with a chorus of booze. <laughs> and his recovery move, because you know Enzo is yep. a master of the mic, he can recover from suddenly getting accidental heat. His recovery move was, and also, I can dance. <laughs> and he just starts chucking in the ring. <laughs> I can dance. So the big question is, did it win the audience back? It did, which is the worst. And he was just like, I can dance <laughs> and announce my part or my uh Boom. my opponent for tonight. Noam Dar. And Noam's music hits, and you're like, okay, cool, Noam's gonna get a decent entrance. No, no, no. Noam walks out, at which point Enzo's like, alright, it's one dude with two last names, but only one word to describe him. I'm like, who the fuck has Noam and Dar what? <laughs> And then cut to their match, which was um, the best 205 live match I've ever seen in my life. What? It was the... What? <laughs> what? Okay, I was about I'm to say, you can't be serious, right? Absolutely. Because there's no way this could be a great match. If it doesn't have Neville in it, it's not good. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> do you, Blake, do you remember when... Like, have you ever seen The Big Show do a kip-up? Yeah. You know how he like, because he is a very large man, he has to hold the ropes, but it lets him get some leverage to kip up. Enzo. And it's still pretty impressive. Enzo had his arm on the rope, the other arm on Noam Dar, and then had to use that to perform probably the slowest flip I have ever seen in pro wrestling history. It looked like watching the second hand on a clock <laughs> as he just flips Damn. around. And then, of course, um, you know, at this point, Noam's like, well, this is just hot shit. We should probably do some wrestling. Which, at, at that point, wrestling was let Noam Dar beat the shit out of you. And then, of course, the finale of the match is Enzo hits the best soul food I've ever seen in my life. You and this word best. Oh. I, I, you, <laughs> you say this word, I don't think you know what it means. Well, by best, I mean... He kind of hit it, except I don't know if he was trying to protect Dar or what, but he bent his leg beforehand, so it looked like the weight of Noam's body caused his leg to buckle and for him to pull his leg down. 
And I was like, Jesus, Enzo, please. What would you call that Speaking, speaking, speaking of, of legs, legs buckling, I've just received some news about someone being injured at a house show earlier tonight. What? Go on. Um, Xavier Woods. No! Was injured at a house show in Texarkana. Uh, they threw up the X, and it seemed like he was clutching his knee in tears and had to be helped to the back. Maybe, oh no, and he's got Dragon Con this weekend. I'm not going to get to see him. Oh shit. Maybe, maybe, oh. maybe they were just like holding up the X like, Xavier, he's the best. <laughs> it's okay. X is awesome. Please look at me. And not Xavier Wood, who's crumpled on the ground and screaming in pain. God. Yeah, he was just so excited with how happy the ref even was cheering. And he was like, I've never felt this much love. Oh, my boy, that just, oh, that just I honestly thought you were going to say Seth until I remembered Seth was on Raw. I was like, oh, no, knee buckles. I know this. Uh, have you seen the photos of Big Cass at the hospital? Oh, yeah. He looks like the newest member of the Wyatt family. Like, his beard has grown out, but he still shaved the sides. So he's got this weird Captain Jack Sparrow scraggle going on. But he's wearing those IT guy glasses, though. So it's just like... <laughs> yes, that's the best way to describe him. Follow the buzzards. <laughs> to my IT guy. Oh, God. S-A-S-A-W-F-I-T. Swift. 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 Can, we, can, can Cass that... just be the new right to censor guy? <laughs> I was gonna say, could that be his new gimmick coming back? He has like a real Silicon Valley gimmick. It's Big Cass comes out <laughs> in the like IT glasses, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, that would be the perfect gimmick." He's just like, "I edit all of your pictures on the website to make you look smaller, and I edit myself to seem taller." I'm actually six foot ten in all honesty. This explains why he can't speak well. He's an IT guy. Oh my god, I just, this has to be a fucking, like, one of those stupid-ass segments where they just show pictures onto the, the Tron, and it's just tiny wrestler pictures up against a giant big cast picture. <laughs> oh my, I really like the idea of a baby body John Cena. Like the whole body is shrunk, but the head is the exact same size. Now I'm just imagining, baby body Cena. I'm imagining Cassid is like, and his job at home, he's just like, Ma'am, did you try turning it off and turning it back on again, perhaps? Oh, but speaking of fucked up legs, um, Blake, a former WWE champion has come out, and he, uh, his exact quote is that Roman Reigns is light years ahead of Kevin Owens. Now, this is a decorated, former, amazing champion. One of the greatest in the business. Uh, <laughs> wait, this isn't another Ryback quote, is it? You're not you're not suckering me into a Ryback uh, no, segment. Uh, no. Oh, it's, oh, it's I close. wish it was Ryback. Oh, it's damn I wish close. it was. Oh, no. <laughs> he, you know what? I will say he's the Ryback of his generation. And uh, oh, he is. he's a man of justice. He's a he's a man who's vicious. He's a man who's had a lot of fucking gimmick names, but no gimmick changes. 
It is Sid Vicious. Also known as Psycho Sid. And got, my favorite thing is that Sid Vicious looks like the dad on any sitcom ever. He's my favorite. Um, and apparently he sat down with Hannibal TV, which sounds like a real professional organization, um, and said Vicious seemed to have a problem with Owens' look, criticizing his weight and the fact that he wrestles while we wearing a shirt. He likened Owens to a bunch of no-name superstars from his generation who weren't money people. Um, I see that Kevin Owens and this Shinsuke Nakamura guy. Oh my god, <laughs> what? Shit. Oh no. And these other, <laughs> these other people like this, I see that and I'm going, You mean good people? What the fuck? <laughs> I see that and I'm going, business has gotta be bad. Or they're at a point where they don't care. That's the only thing I know. Uh, so, <laughs> I can imagine as this interview is happening, slowly you see a face rising behind Sid Vicious, and then you see it's Coronet, he's just smiling. <laughs> and then you realize that he's been a puppet the whole time, like the mouth is just going straight up and down. Uh, he goes on to discuss Roman Reigns. Oh no. I think he's one of the better talents they've got. He looks credible, he looks good, he's got a good energy. If we're gonna compare him to anybody, let's compare him to the fat guy in a t-shirt, Kevin Owens. I think he's light years ahead of that guy. He also doled out praise for Jinder Mahal, saying, I think he's doing a good job. And apparently, apparently <laughs> 10 years ago, Vicious wrestled Mahal in a match and he does not remember. He's just like, fuck, I don't know. I guess someone jobbed me, I don't know. I guess possibly. Uh, yeah, and then at the it's, it says at the end of the interview, he stood up and tried to jump down off of his chair and broke both of his legs. <laughs> it was very strange. The video was horrifying. <laughs> oh wow! And then in the related articles, today in history, January fourteenth, Sid Vicious breaks his leg. <laughs> Oh, wow. I didn't know that was like a week after my birthday. He broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, w that was pretty much that's pretty rough what old City was doing there. Like, how can you disgruntle Kevin Owens and Nakamura in the same sentence and not be struck down by a lightning god? Or what? by a wrestling god. <laughs> wrestling light by JBL himself. Well, have you like, seen Sid Vicious? I have. He looks like the weird brother from, you know, Step Brothers. I always forget his name. <laughs> he looks like John C. Riley's John C. Riley, super yes. tall brother. Yeah. Uh, well, the man oh, is, I thought you were talking about the weird brother of the good brothers. <laughs> yeah, we're the good brothers, and this is the weird brother. <laughs> well, he's basically... Uh, Sid Vicious was basically big cast before before Big Cass was a thing. Yeah. So he was just this giant seven-foot monster who really didn't didn't do much. And um, in case you were wondering how he could think something like this, I quote one of uh, my favorite Sid Vicious promos, which says, You think you're half the man that I am? Well, that means I have half the brain that you do. Yeah, that... that I love that promo. That makes a lot of sense, That's actually. So good. It, it saves him. It really does. I mean... Sid Vicious isn't even the best wrestler that shares a name with another famous with a famous musician. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can you give me your top five? Blake Tanner's top five wrestlers with names after musicians. Um Okay. Uh Stung. Stung 
<laughs> stung, stang, stung, stang, stung, strung, and uh, sting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so as long as sting was number one, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's really all that matters. Um, oh, no, I was doing it the other way around. Sting was number five. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, speaking of musicians, though, uh, Blake Tanner, the greatest music of all time may have turned to superstar babyface on accident. <laughs> because uh, last week, SmackDown Live certainly got glorious. <laughs> I won't give in, I won't give in till I'm victorious. <laughs> and apparently, he worked his whole match babyface, and the reason why is Vince McMahon was just like, that music's too good. <laughs> Can't blow it on a heel. No, you couldn't you couldn't have a dude enter with that theme and holy shit big show shave. <laughs> In our news, Bobby Roode, former NXT champion, debuts for WWE on SmackDown. In Blake Tanner news, holy shit, big show shave. <laughs> he looks like a big baby man. Uh oh, I, I assume you're watching clips from the uh 15-man battle royal? I did, no, I'm just watching his entrance over and over again when he fist-bumped Kurt Angle. <laughs> well, that being said, Blake Tanner, you know there was the 15-man battle royal to determine the new number one contender. And well, no, I didn't, but thanks for telling me. Well, yeah, yeah new, new number one contender for Miz's Intercontinental title, and it came down to the Miz-Tourage, uh, Jeff Hardy and Jason Jordan. So, Blake Tanner, obviously, who's coming out of this victorious? <laughs> I mean, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Hardy. Y you know, you say it as a joke, but no, Jeff Hardy is the new number oh. one contender for the Intercontinental title. I didn't say it as a joke, motherfucker. I knew Jeff was winning. <laughs> was it the fact uh. that I was like, Jason Jordan? <laughs> I'm sure that's what the entire Raw creative team was saying to Vince earlier today. Alright, Vince, here's our final four. The Miz, Taraj, Jeff Hardy, and Jason Jordan. <laughs> They're showing him photos. The photo of Jason has him already with the Intercontinental title. He's like, ah, I think I'm gonna have to go with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I, I think I think it's obvious with just kind of how flat the reception of the whole Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son thing went. I'm just not surprised. Well, let me put it this way. The biggest pop Jason Jordan has ever got from me was when he showed up in Southpaw Regional Wrestling because he was the number one person who I did not expect to see on Southpaw Regional Wrestling. But it was a good surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good shock debut. It was like the Royal Rumble. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Bobby Roode came out. Bobby Roode is a baby face now because uh, Vince was like, I want him to be a heel, but <laughs> shit's already, you know, that song is so over that he'll never get heat because of it. I heard uh, Shelton Benjamin made a like light cameo. Did you see that? What? No, Shelton Benjamin. I didn't, is... I didn't see if he wrestled or not. I saw. I heard he was in the back. Oh, no, Shelton Benjamin is back. He is yes. um, essentially... 
What WWE did was they took the strong, athletic black guy away from Chad Gable. Gave him a tall one. <laughs> they were like, here's you a new one. No. It's the equivalent of just like, I know your puppy dog died, but we'll go get you one just like it. It's fine. Here's you a new one? <laughs> they, they wear the same singlet. It's fine. Go on. It's do your okay. Thing. <laughs> so now there is a new tag team with those two. Which I don't, I don't know if that feels racist or not. It's kind of, kind of feels racist. <laughs> not gonna lie, a little bit. <laughs> it is kind of like, oh well, maybe. Uh, no, it'll be fine. As no long, one will notice this. As long as he doesn't call him by the other one's name, he'll be fine. It's just like dealing with an ex with a current girlfriend. It's okay. The whole time Vince has been calling him Ezekiel Jackson backstage, uh, so it's like, oh, all right, we're good. Jeez. <laughs> yep. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'd never forget your name, our lovely audience. And we'd especially never forget your name if you went over to merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the only website where you can go to get outfits from all of your favorite BS Network programs, whether that be a load of BS, Queasel Corp, which Brady was actually on that podcast as well. Make America Great Again. Make America Great Again. <laughs> and then, of course, we have shirts for the Fight Boys podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Get you a shirt that lets everybody know you're a fight boy for life or a fight girl because we kind of realized that it was weird not to have both. So we have both available for you now. And, of course, uh, we have shirts for all of your favorite JWF wrestlers, whether that be the tag team known as the BS. They're my personal favorite, just saying. Or, of course, the Dylan, the VWO. We've got shirts for all of them available to you over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com in the Fight Boys section. Now, I know we've talked about Enzo Amore. But, but Jesus Christ, Enzo Amore! Circling back. <laughs> it's, well, because I usually like to talk about the shows, like Raw and SmackDown in our first segment, and then talk about general news. And Enzo has affected both negatively. Because fucking... I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. Yep. But Jesus Christ, he went mentally insane during the Floyd Mayweather fight. Because A, yep. he got $10,000 tickets to the fight, posted a, a photo of the tickets, basically saying, hey, look at what I've got. It's amazing. Which I don't think got the response he wanted. I don't think anybody was like, oh, cool, he's at the fight. They were like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and my favorite response was from uh, former WWE champion Kevin Owens. Who just tweeted out a picture? I just made a much better purchase than Enzo Amore did, and it's like a rotisserie chicken from Walmart, and it says seven ninety three on it. <laughs> but yeah, like, I just all these photos that came out from the fight were in like, cause there was one of him with like Common, and I'm like, okay, cool. One of him with Chance the Rapper. That makes sense. He likes rap. That's cool. Then all of a sudden it got weirder, like Jeremy Piven, and then the penultimate, my number one favorite photo of Enzo Amore, is it's him and then Steve Harvey. What? <laughs> yes. Um, hey Scotty. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I have to say, you know, penultimate means the one before the last one, the second to last thing. I know because my favorite one. 
fuck you. My favorite one, though, is it was one of him with Diddy, and by one of him with Diddy, I mean one of his face with Diddy in the background, completely ignoring Enzo. <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like we're just slowly watching the death of Enzo Amore, both on WWE television and just, like, in real life. Like, it's going crazy. Especially um, because, like, his Instagram is a key into his life, and it's a key that I never wanted to use to unlock any doors. <laughs> but last weekend, he hung out with Mojo Raleigh. And never have I wanted two personalities to never be near each other ever again. Oh, no. Well, imagine if they teamed up. No. Oh, I don't want... that would be the worst thing the company could ever do. Like, we, we're the heat shit. magnets. <laughs> because... Oh, man. I, I can just imagine Enzo and Mojo just, like, slamming drinks. Ugh. Oh, no. Then Gronk is in there, too, somewhere, because Gronk apparently they are too. BFFs forever. Gronk is there too, but also, they were doing cardio the following day, and you could tell Enzo does not enjoy working out, however, Mojo's fucking mad about it, so he's on the other treadmill like, that's right baby, he's on 205 Live now, we gotta make sure he's down below 205 pounds, cuts over to Enzo, and Enzo's like, that's right, I'm doing... I'm doing running, guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mojo's like, all day, baby, get work. Hey, wait, can we just cut back? Can we cut back a second? Because I totally forgot something. I forgot that Mojo Raleigh won the fucking <laughs> yeah. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal with help from Gronk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> Let me put it this way. And they did it not... by eliminating Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Let me put it this way. The uh, the arm bar, the Andre Memorial Battle Royal, is the oh. most disappointing match with the greatest first ever. Because I, I was there for the first match of the uh, Andre where fucking Cesaro picks Big Show up like a man, holds him above his head and slams mm -hmm. him out of the ring, and you're like... Hell yeah, that's awesome! Cut to next year. Uh, Big Show just kind of wins it after they break up possibly the most over pair on the roster at that time, Miz Dow oh, and Miz. Oh. Cut to the following year where um, our good brunch boy wins it out of fucking nowhere. And then cut to this year where Gronk won it, basically. <laughs> they're doing nothing. They yeah. could use that as such a major pushing tool, dude, but they're just, like, throwing this massive, expensive trophy in a really, really tall garbage can. Okay, <laughs> now, hold on. Don't you diss our good brunch boy. Brunch boy's doing fine. I need him to be in a hair versus hair match. I need it, because that thing is raunchy looking. No, okay, no, his hair is oh. disgusting. However, I don't want to see what happens when it's gone. <laughs> He, he wears a lot of hats to the ring. I don't care. <laughs> Let me put it this way. If they ever make an... You know, like the last live-action Ninja Turtles they did, they hired uh, they hired Seamus to be in it. Well, I heard they're hiring Baron Corbin to portray Krang. <laughs> because I think if you shave his head, he will look like that little fucking brain inside <laughs> that body. Just a weird, nasty thing. Oh, I thought you were going to say all they have to do for Krang is just, like, take some pictures of his belly. <laughs> Now that as well. Oh, but yeah, it's just Baron Corbin. Poor Baron Corbin. Uh, 
He yeah. can't dig himself out of the hole he is in. Like, ah. What did he do on social media again? Like, what did he do to put um, himself in this state? Well, essentially, we've discussed this before, but I'll give you the sh- I'll give you the Cliff's Notes yeah. version. Um, a arm uh, was it Army or Marines? It was something. It was a member of the uh, of the forces. Military. A member of the military, and uh, he tweeted some shit to Baron, and Baron was just like, "You're an idiot. You suck." At which point, the man responded, saying, "Really? Your boss didn't think that when he came and visited my entire camp." And it's Vince with him. And then Baron, instead of sticking to his guns and just, like, either ignoring it or walking away, was just like, I'm so sorry you have proven me wrong. In this moment, you have bested me, sir. But still, hey, fuck John Cena! (laughs) It's like, okay. So, yeah, that's what happened to Baron. Oh, Blake, I feel bad because I really want to talk about New Japan, but I feel without Dylan here, the patron saint of New Japan and pro wrestling. The Lord of the Smart. Without the Lord of the Smart side himself, what is exactly what is there? But but I do want to talk about what Cody Rhodes said about like they interviewed him and they asked him about a lot of the people he's worked with and Bullet Club and stuff like that. Like he was talking about Marty. He goes, I don't think people realize how good of an addition to the Bullet Club Marty was. Uh, no, fuck that. I do. Straight up, I was like, Bullet Club mm-hmm. is dead. Then they brought in Marty. I'm like. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, Marty represents the whole UK boom in a nutshell. When you look at Marty, the hard work, the attention to detail, the character, the costume, the just flamboyance, it brings an entirely different edge. Fuck, I fucking love Marty Squirrel. I really do. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the best. Oh, oh can, I, can I say a quick aside since we're talking about Cody? Yeah. The other day I was reading uh, some comments on Reddit, and it was a... Uh, it was a thread about a gif that involved Cody Rhodes in it. And there was a dude that commented, and his whole comment was just like, Is that Stardust? Uh, is that... Uh, is that, uh, is that Stardust without face paint? I can't even... No, I know that now it's kind of like, Ah, oh, Cody's so successful now. Fuck all of you. I loved Stardust. Stardust was amazing. Fuck you. No, just not not in the ring Stardust, okay. not in WWE Stardust, okay. but if you watched any interview with him at Stardust, he was just like, the cosmos are alive. He's part cat. What? How, how does that have anything to do with the stars? Like he's just someone who escaped from the loony bin at this point. Also, the biggest pop at a show me and Blake went to was for Stardust. And I swear to God, Blake, I don't know if you remember, Stardust looked up at us and pointed at us like, yeah. And we're like, holy shit, yes. It was amazing. It was a beautiful moment. Um, Cody goes on to talk about the Bucks, saying they're a completely different experience. They have a unique psychology. It's polarizing. And when people try to copy it, it's just wrong. They're the only ones who can do it. And then goes on to Okada to surprisingly say, Okada is the most WWE superstar I've ever wrestled. He reminds me of a Japanese Randy Orton. He's aware of every camera that's on the floor. It's almost as if he's aware of every heartbeat that's in the building. That's... That's... That's some chills up my spine. That's fucking cool, man. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) That is badass. So, yeah, he's talked about Marty. He's talked about the Young Bucks. He's talked about Okada. And in the ultimate punchline to this article... Cody Rhodes about the revival. <laughs> They're the absolute worst. 
I have a three-prong, three-tier, three-word <laughs> approach to the revival. All that aside, I really do want to see it looks like when the Young Bucks and the revival get in the ring together. I think they'd have a good match. <laughs> um, to which I'll just quietly say, fuck the revival! Um, <laughs> did you see where they got, Blake, did you see where they got a cease and desist for that? No. no. So the Young Bucks got three cease and desist to his, like, uh, orders in like the span of a month. The first one was for being the elite because they were just like, you guys can't say fuck the revival anymore. And Co like they had a whole episode where Cody is going insane because he can't say fuck the revival anymore. <laughs> um, then they got one because they released a shirt that has like a Rick and Morty theme to it. And so Cartoon Network sent them a cease and desist for that. By the way, let me remind oh. everybody to go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and pick up the load of the official load of BS Rick and Morty shirt. Before it's gone. It's worse because I had the idea for the shirt before this Bucks thing happened, but once it did, I was like, okay, now we have to do it. Um, and then the third most shocking thing they got a cease and desist for is they are no longer allowed to ask people politely to suck it. What? Yeah, they got a cease and desist for suck it. And so they're, they, oh, dude, they took the shit out of it and being the elite. Like, uh, I think Marty or someone was trying to drink a smoothie and they're just like, this smoothie is so thick. I know. How am I supposed to drink this? And Nick just looks at him and goes, take the straw, put it in your mouth, and suck it. But the minute he does it, it bleeps. And they're just like, I can't say it here? Anywhere? This is. That's wonderful. I just want to know how many season desists they're going to get. Because this is the ultimate in WWE being like, we're afraid of this. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we need to do something to teach them a lesson. Although I guess it could be worse. They could try to teach them the lesson, a lesson the way Sexy Star does. Nope. Yeah, that's not a good story. That's not a so. This is a shit. This is just a whole shit show. This is in the a penultimate shit basket wrapped up with a shit sandwich. Well, for you. Yeah. <laughs> what was it at Triple Mania? Where was it? I think it was it. Triple Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so for those of you who don't know, um, there was a I think a four way match for a, uh, a, 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 a the Triple A Reynas de Reynas Championship. That stutter was me attempting to figure out how to pronounce that, by the way, and I still don't know if I got it right, but it was Rosemary, Sexy Star, Lady Shawnee, Aiko Amada, and uh, the finish of the match involved Sexy Star grabbing Rosemary's arm and popping it out of place with an arm bar ugh, in a fucking ugh. shoot. Holy mm -hmm. shit! Like this is this and that wasn't even the first time that um that uh, sexy star even started shoot fighting somebody in that fucking match. Oh yeah, it happened earlier. Apparently, like Lady Shawnee and Star were earlier just beating the shit out of each other, and apparently the backstage scene was said to be a bit tense. Uh, I wonder why. I wonder Throwing why. Throwing real arm bars on people and it's a little intense in the background. And so apparently, uh, Star was trying to leave, but Vampiro, who was just like. Uh, get back in here and tell this woman you're sorry for breaking her arm almost. Yeah, like, I'm not a huge proponent of fucking wrestler's court anymore, but that shit, you, you should handle that shit. I mean, like, yeah, like, that's one thing you need to be like, hey, I'm sorry, I, I did, I don't, has it come out why she did it? Like, if anything. 
Um, all that I've heard are like reports that she's just not a safe worker and that she's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Um, so like, and honestly, if you do put an arm bar onto somebody and you make it to where it's a real arm bar because there's a difference. Yeah, 100% there's you, a, whether that be just yeah, applying if, pressure or what, like. If you really put somebody in an arm bar with the, uh, just with the intent of possibly, uh, just tearing their shoulder asunder, then you, not only in my mind, should never get booked at, by that corporation again, you should not ever wrestle. You shouldn't get booked, period. Yeah. Like, apparently yeah. even afterwards, Star was saying, like, oh, no, it was just a sh- it, it was a work. Guys, come on. It's fine. It's a work. At which point, Rosemary was like, hey, let me make... This is her exact quote. Let me make this perfectly clear. If you take liberties with someone's body when they're giving it to you and trusting you to keep them safe, you're not tough. You're an asshole, and you do not belong in this business. Mm, perfect. Like, it, it's one of those things, like, because I, I'll admit it, I like watching not shoot fights, but I like when guys get stiff in the ring. But if you want a perfect example of uh, two guys who are getting stiff with each other, and then, you know, afterwards you're good. If you want a good example of that, watch the fucking Mayweather-McGregor fight. Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah. I still love the people who are just like, those two genuinely hate each other. It's a blood feud. They're leaving with $100 million. They're both leaving with $100 million. <laughs> and keep in mind, I watched right at the end of it, like, Connor stands up and he's just like, yeah, I like, my favorite thing Connor said was, he shouldn't have stopped the match. He should have let me knock. He should have let him knock me down. Yeah, he should have let me fall. He wanted to fall like a real mm-hmm. warrior. And I was just like, holy shit, that's metal. But if you look, the first thing Connor did after he got back to his senses is he bolted through that crowd of people. And I was like, oh, shit's about to happen. But no, he just looked at Mayweather and was just like, good fucking fight. Like, <laughs> high five. And I was like, shit, they just became mm-hmm. best friends. Like... Yeah, $100 million a piece will do that. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, same time next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the big difference is that um, that Connor's money goes to him, his family, his young child, whereas Mayweather's goes to the IRS. Yeah, bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, come on, he made it, man. He did it. Yeah, man, how many wives did he have to hit to get there? <laughs> oh, God, Blake. Oh man, my f- I'm sorry. I don't look I, as an aside. I can and will never respect Floyd Mayweather. I don't care if he's the best boxer ever. He's a shit bag. He may make a lot of money. He might be able to buy my life. I don't give a shit. He's a shit bag. Three weeks later, Blake Tanner's life purchased by Money Mayweather Enterprises. Wasn't as expensive as you think. Although if he did want to give me that money, I would take it. <laughs> My mo- I will not rest on those laurels for long. <laughs> if you got that money, I'm fine. I mean, I will take it, but I'll never say a good thing about the man. <laughs> like, you have permission to end my life whenever you want, Mr. Mayweather. I'll talk shit to you this whole time, though. I will say one of my favorite tweets to come out of it was... It was one of M- McGregor's earlier opponents... And he just put like, ha ha ha, like, you know, fuck you, McGregor got knocked out. And apparently it was somebody who McGregor knocked out in 13 seconds. (laughs) So every response tweet was 13 seconds, 13 seconds. 
Um, a, a Who are you? <laughs> no, a fan from on. Mexico even tweeted tres segundas, which <laughs> made me giggle. <laughs> that's that's three though. No, tres. T r e. Isn't there a difference between tres and tres with a z at the end? Or am I speaking French? <laughs> Maybe. Well, trois is French. Is uh, no, I'm not doing a fucking French lesson in the middle of fight, boy. <laughs> no. Thirteen in Spanish is also known as a. It's not with a Z. It's trece. Trece. Okay, thank you. Yeah. This has been a French lesson with the fight voice. I think troisième. Uh, no, I'm not going into French. Although. No, Scotty, we can't go into Italian, please. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Thirteen. It's fantastic. Um, and you know what else is fantastic, Blake Tanner? Do you know? What do I? Do you know what's do fantastic? Know? Do you know? I think it's because we're talking about wrestling, but I swear to God, every time I lead into a pitch like that, I feel like Jericho. Do you know what else is fantastic, Blake Tanner? Do you know what is? You know what's really good when people support you? Do you know what happens when people want to support you, and they want to do it monthly, and they want to give you money? Do you know what happens, Blake Tanner? Well, they go to Patreon.com/slash. Fight Boys, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Patreon.com slash Fight Boys is the only website where you can go to support these good Fight Boys every single month. It, whether that be a dollar, five dollars, it doesn't matter because it comes to help us. Uh, Fight Boys is spelled with a Z if you're having troubles finding the website or if you just kind of want to go. Um, <laughs> but, of course, we do have some perks for you over there, ladies and gentlemen. Perks all related to that amazing Birmingham, Alabama-based professional wrestling organization known as the JWF. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Donate $1. That's right, just $1 a month, and we will bring you in as a JWF jobber. I know, it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity for you. We bring you in, we say your name, we give you a character, you get jobbed out in one episode, and then you're never heard from again. I know, it's an amazing thing to say, but if you want to take it one step further, ladies and gentlemen, then donate $5. $5 like Scott Moore, my father, the man who's been in JWF storylines for months now, the man who we could easily call a JWF Mid Carter. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just $5 over at patreon.com slash fightboys, and you will be a JWF Mid Carter. But I know what you're saying. I know you're a man like Brady Cook, a man who's just his ego gets the best of him, and a man who wants to be the JWF champion. Well, if you want to be a champion, ladies and gentlemen, just donate $30 over on patreon.com slash fightboys. And we don't know how, we don't know if this is technically bribery, but we don't care <laughs> because this will put you to the top of the JWF and we will make you a champion. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's now time to dive deep into that, the greatest professional wrestling organization in the world in Birmingham, Alabama. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the JWF. And last week, Blake Tanner, we had an absolutely amazing episode of JWF War with some shocking announcements. Uh, Captain Tibbs announcing the King of the Steel City Tournament, an eight-man tournament where eight men will battle it out to see who becomes the King of the Steel City and who will be the next number one contender for the JWF Championship. And not only that, 
unfortunately, there was some bad news to go alongside that, Blake Tanner. Unfortunately, Captain Tibbs, due to uh, some monetary issues, did have to dissolve one of, uh, I think, people's most most enjoyed rosters we've had, which is the JWF celebrity roster. Men like uh, Tim Curry, men like Jack Black, they're all gone now because of this dissolvation of this beloved, beloved roster. I mean, how did you react to this news? I know you you are a big fan of Tim Curry, Blake. Yeah, yeah although um, I was a little out of it when, uh, when the announcement was made because uh, Tibbs actually spent the budget for the Celebrity Wing on booze, cocaine, and a lot of paid sex. And I was in the <laughs> middle of that. Yeah, booze cocaine is the best kind of cocaine, too. Um, but, of course, <laughs> mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. one celebrity who refused to leave, the one celebrity who refused to leave the JWF was, of course, the man who was the JWF celebrity champion at the time, Guy Fieri. And, of course, uh, during the first the first match of the JWF King of the Steel City tournament, Guy Fieri interfered, inserted himself into the match, destroying Canada Charlie. I don't even know. Have we heard anything from Canada Charlie this week? Um, no, he's in a coma. Yeah, not the best. He is at a local hospital getting treatment, but of course yeah, he's got an IV of maple syrup. It's okay. Yes, so he's he is Canadian. perfectly fine. Um, and I think Guy Fieri is in our ring right now, and he has an announcement as far as his uh, participation in this year's JWF King of the Steel City Tournament. Let's have a listen. You know, if I learned anything last week, it's that this title over my shoulder, this JWF celebrity title, it meant nothing to Captain Tibbs. All it was, all this entire celebrity division was, was just an expense to Tibbs. An expense that he dropped at the first sign of a bounce check. Well, Tibbs, You can toss out the rest of those idiots in the celebrity division. You can toss them by the wayside, but not me. Because I am not an expense. I am a draw. I'm why this entire arena of people are here tonight. You see, when I grabbed this title at Summerfest, when I won it, Captain Tibbs was afraid. Captain Tibbs was afraid because for once, there'd be someone holding this title that actually mattered. Someone who could elevate this title to be greater than any other champion in this business, including the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. But Tibbs, you're right. This title, this title is garbage. But soon enough, I'm going to have a title that means something. Soon enough, I'm going to show you where you've been wrong for so many years, Tibbs. Because soon enough, I am going to be the king of Flavortown. And that JWF World Heavyweight Championship will be where it belongs. Around my waist. Whoa. Looks like Guy Vietti has his eyes set on our JWF championship. Griffin Clouds, who knows what's going to happen. Looks like, I mean, this seems like a new fury we've seen from Guy Vietti. What do you think, Blake? Uh, 
I, I mean, I don't know why he's so mad at Tibbs particularly. It's not like Tibbs ever did anything bad to the guy. Well, I mean, at, at this point, you have to find someone to blame if you're Guy Fieri. He was essentially out of a job last week until he... Oh, like, okay, one dude spends a little too much money on blow, booze, and hookers. Blake, I think, I think we need to stop letting you spend time with Captain Tibbs. I think it's kind of infecting your mind a little bit. That would probably be best. Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the uh, king of the Steel City Tournament, we do have two more first-round matches tonight. And Brady Cook, I know you are excited about this first match where uh, a man completely unrelated to Brady, looks nothing like him, uh, named Brady Cook, huh. is taking on our former JWF champion, the Dylan. Now, Brady, how do you react to this? How do you think Brady is going to fare in this match against the Dylan? Well, any Brady is a Brady of mine. It's fine. Of course, yes. Of course, yes. So, I mean, I'm not have nothing but high hopes. Uh, hopefully, we can see how far Brady can go into this uh, tournament. Of course, yeah. He just started. He's just starting off fresh. But who knows? A former JXT superstar, a former JXT champion. And Brady Cook is here, ladies and gentlemen, to take on the Dylan. And this match, let me tell you something, it started off amazing. Because Brady Cook showed what made him a JXT champion. He came out with those punches, taking on the Dylan, stunning a man who had been championed for so long, I think Dylan thought he was untouchable. And he began to shove Brady away, and the two began to fight. But Dylan, reverse, hits that big dick handle slam, which is a very vicious move. Blake, uh, Blake, you're a man who's taken a dick handle slam before. You know how vicious that can be. Yep. Twisted it off, almost. <laughs> Had to be surgically reattached. And, of course, he goes for a pin on Brady. One, two, oh, and Brady kicks out at two. He's a very resilient superstar. And Dylan stands. He looks almost frustrated with, with Brady at this point. This, this relative newcomer kicking out of one of his patented moves. Oh, no, and it looks like he's tossed Brady into the corner. Oh, he's spreading the legs, and that means he can only be going for one thing. That sick dick kick. Whoa. Oh. Brady moves out of the way. Oh, my God. And he hits this beautiful roundhouse kick to the side of Dylan's skull. And No way. Ladies and gentlemen, I... this looks insane. Dylan is out cold, and he goes for the pin. Oh, no. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I was mentioning earlier, this is to determine a number one contender for the title of this man. Griffin Clouds, the leader of the VWO, and it looks like the entire VWO have run down to the ring. The ref appears to be arguing, trying to get the VWO out of there, because the ref, our, our good boy Shibby, Shibata, our infamous referee, he knows what happens when the VWO get in the ring. And it looks like they've distracted him long enough for Griffin Clouds to sneak in from behind, hitting Brady with a devastating undervapor, one of the most vicious moves I've ever seen in a JWF ring, crashing Brady's head into the mat, nearly cracking his skull open. And Griffin grabs the limp body of the Dylan, draping it over Brady's body. This isn't this isn't how this is supposed to be. This was supposed to be a a, a, a tournament to determine who a champion is, who's deserving to be a champion, and I, it looks like Griffin is handpicking who is going to be his challenger. It looks like the referee's going for the count. One, two, three. And it looks like, unfortunately, Brady Cook is here. Brady Cook may be here to stay. We don't know, but he is not advancing in the king of the Steel City tournament. I mean, how do you guys react to this news? 
Um, did Brady pay the jobber fee? Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> but he will, he will soon enough. But of course, um, I'm still confused about the VWO. Why would they come out to assist Dylan, of all people? I mean, the Dylan, they never really got along, Dylan and the VWO. Dylan would insult them, and yet now they're here helping him. It's a, it's a very, it's a strange thing to see. And speaking of strange things to see, ladies and gentlemen, that one of the strangest things I've ever seen in a JWF arena is happening tonight in our main event in one of the round one matches in the King of the Steel City Tournament. And this features Scotty Moore, one of our former JWF Tag Team Champions, a man who's been in the main event scene for a very long time, taking on his own father, Scott Moore. It's it's about a father against son. It's it's a it's a family thing. Blake, how if you were going into this match against your father, how would you handle this? Um, well, I know that he has a, a weak shoulder, so I would probably stick him in an armbar really quick, just work the shoulder. Ah, uh, well. Um, of course, tactically, we all know things about our family, but do you think it's going to get in the way for Scotty Moore? He's always been somebody who's embraced his family, uh, whether that be his father or his his surrogate brother, Blake Tanner. He's always considered family number one. Do you think that's going to affect him in this match? Nah, probably not. Scotty's a professional. All right, and uh, what about you, Brady? What are you thinking of this? A little I bit think, of analysis. I think family plays a big thing in it. You, you try to go for the finish, and you have flashbacks of things from your past and little things that make you really consider hitting the devastating moves but you know that's that's just me maybe it's maybe it's different with professionals all right of course and now we're going to begin the match and the two begin with a handshake showing mutual respect for one another but oh my god it looks like scotty was going for that smg his finishing move i guess blake was right he has no remorse during this match but scott's pushing him pushes him away and tries to toss him up into that big pop of power bomb that he's known so m well for. But Scotty is leapfrogging over and they turn around and face each other. And I think both of these men realize there's a whole lot more to each other than meets the eye. Because these two, some of their most devastating moves were just almost pulled out in the first five seconds. And now they're, the two are circling each other, looking, looking for some advantage, trying to get something in. And they lock up, but Scott just immediately tosses his son to the ground because in a fight like this Scott Moore does have a huge size advantage on Scotty Moore and he's using that weight to his advantage using it to toss Scotty to the ground again and again Scott Moore is a beast in this match but Scotty stands up runs against the ropes tries to hit a clothesline and Scott Moore looks like he's it looks like he's laughing at this I mean, uh, Blake, you've been in the ring before with big men. What what can Scotty do at something like this? Well, I think that Scotty uh, relies a lot on the uh, head-on approach. He charges directly in, and uh, that doesn't really work that well when you've got an opponent that that's much that's uh, a lot bigger than you. So he really, really needs to kind of switch it up. He needs to start focusing on an area that he um, he knows he can take down, probably the legs. Oh, but it looks like Scotty Scotty's head-on approach just keeps keeps taking him forward. Scott's actually pointing to the ropes, challenging his son to clothesline him down. Scott, Scotty runs at the ropes, goes for one more, but Scott remains stoic. It, well, this seems bizarre. Scotty's actually challenging. It looks like he's challenging his father to knock him down. Now, that's 
That seems a bit strange. I mean, Brady, that's obviously a man who could take Scotty down in an instant. Yeah, he's just trying to prove a point at this point, I guess. Uh-huh, well, Scott looks like he's smiling at this, running at the ropes, and then... Oh! And a big Scotty kick, knocking Scott... Now, there you go. That kind of clever thought from Scott Moore, or from Scotty Moore is what's going to take Scott Moore down. Distracted Scott Moore just long enough to hit that Scotty kick, and he looks like he's going for the pin. One, two. Oh, and Scott Moore kicks out at the last moment. And now, oh, Scotty's calling for that SMG, that vicious, that vicious neck breaker that he always uses. But as Scott finally reaches his feet, he narrowly dodges, pushing his son away. And following it up with a big right hook to Scotty's jaw. Now, at this point, it looks like the weight the weight difference is really what's going to be t helping Scott Moore near the end of this match. And it looks like he's picking up Scotty Moore. He's about to toss him into the ropes, hit the big pop of powerbomb, when suddenly... Oh my god. It's the music of Clint Clouds, the man Scott Moore attacked last week. The, the patriarch of the VWO is here. Back. And it looks like this is distracting Scott Moore, who's jawjacking with Clint. Long enough for Scotty to quickly roll him up and get the three count. I don't know if Scotty knows what's going on. I don't know if he knows Clint is at ringside. He's he's just on the ropes celebrating his victory when suddenly, oh my God, the VWO they've got, they're they've got Scott Moore. They're beating him down. They're grabbing him, and then Scotty looks like he's trying to interfere, but Travis and Justin grab him and. What is that they have? Is that wrist tape? Oh my god, they've got Scotty Moore. They're taping him against the ropes. Scotty's struggling, trying to get away, but it... It's the music of Scotty's tag team partner, Blake Tanner. He's running out, but it looks like the VWO were just vicious for him. There's four of them now. With Clint Clouds added, there are four men in this ring taking on Scott Moore and his Blake Tanner, while Scotty Moore is only allowed to watch, taped to the ropes, struggling. And it looks like Griffin Clouds, our JWF champion, have, has grabbed a microphone. And it, I think he has a message for Scotty. Let's have a listen. Hey, Scotty. Quick question. Why, why, why couldn't you have been more accepting of our gifts? Like our good friend Dylan was. We haven't come out here to hurt you. Oh. We're here to help you. You see, the VWO, and I specifically, am very, very particular about who gets a shot at this Tylerino. And we can't have any average Joe Smo young buck off the street compete for this. You know that. And that's why we helped you. We helped the Dylan. We're your insurance policy to get you where you need to be. All we're asking is that you be grateful for our help. I mean, you could be world championship material and... Now take it from me, your best friend, your buddy, your insurance man. Griffin Clouds, the thing that's holding you back are these men, these dumb little boys trying to protect you. Oh my god, it looks like Clint and Justin have grabbed Scott and Blake holding them for an under vapor. 
And, oh, Scotty's struggling against the ropes, trying to break free of that tape. Griffin's smirking down at him evilly. And Travis springboards off, flipping in the air, hitting a double under vapor on both of Scotty's family. Both of them laying prone in the middle of the ring as, as, as Griffin continues on. You see, Scotty, they don't look like they're getting up anytime soon. They look, they don't look like they're ready to kick out. No, not like you did. You remember that, Scotty? You kicked out of the under vapor. That's our most devastating move. You showed that you deserve to be a champion. And we're gonna let you have that chance. We just need your appreciation for what we've done. And maybe you can show us a little friendship. Come on, just show a little appreciation. A little friendship, a little alliance to us boys, the VWO. Oh my god. Is, is this true? He's actually trying to offer Scotty Moore a position in the VWO. These men have fought for months. These men are rivals. I don't. It looks like he's holding Scotty's bloodied head back, putting the microphone to his lips. First. You align with the biggest sack of crap in this company. Then, you attack my father and my brother. And finally, at the end of it all, you look me in the eyes and you say that you're doing this all for me? Well, as enticing as that little offer of yours sounds, I really gotta say that I wanna take that vape of yours and shove it so far up your ass that smoke comes out of your fucking ears. Oh, and Griffin's hitting hit Scotty with a big kick to the side of his head. His body has gone limp. Oh my god, Scotty, I, I don't know. It looks like, I don't know if he's unconscious, what's going wrong. Oh, and the rest of the VWO, it's like they're taking shots at him. Different kicks, different styles, punches raining down on him. Oh, and it looks like Travis has been revving up. He's ready to hit that big vaping boot. And oh my god! Scotty's flipped over the top rope. He's he's tangled up in our ropes. He's ch nearly choking to death. And the VWO, the VWO aren't doing anything to stop it. They're posing behind him, holding their titles high as Scotty chokes in the ropes. Gentlemen, this is a new side of the VWO. This is something we have never seen before out of these men. I don't think Griffin's our best friend anymore. Yeah, kind of sounds like an asshole. Yeah, I, I think it's just something that something snapped inside Griffin's head. With this tournament, he sees not just one; he sees eight men vying for his title. And I think this whole insurance policy angle is just—it's just a ruse, something to get people on his side. I find it very strange. Maybe maybe it is a power play by Griffin, but ensuring that the only person you know that is kicked out of your finisher before advances in the tournament, that's a, just a very strange play right there. I'm, I want to see if, how, w w what he hopes to gain by that um, alliance or no. Yeah, it really does sound like his, I guess, arrogance is really kicking in. He really wants to prove that his finisher is what, it, what its title is. It's a finisher. Brady does have a point. If if uh, Griffin faces off against Scotty again, that means he does have a chance to hit that under vapor again. 
Scotty is the one man who has been able to break the mysticism behind the under vapor. It was this move that we thought could destroy any man instantly, and Scotty proved him wrong. And I think Griffin wants to use it to finally put Scotty down for good. Who knows what's going to come out of this? But we'll guess we're going to find out next week on JWF War. Guys, it has been an episode. It has been fantastic. It was good to have Brady here. Brady, do you have a Twitter or anything you'd like people to find you on? No, I'm good. Oh, cool. He is. He really is a good Dylan substitute. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> I guess tune into these guys every week. They're putting out great, great stuff, guys, and appreciate you for having me on. Oh, you're such a good person, but it's okay. We can do that on our own. Here Blake, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. Um, I do videos with my other group of friends at the Darkroom Vidya. That's the Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. We play a lot of video games. All right. And, uh, of course, you can find me on the Twitter machine at ScottyMo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy my book, Queasel Corp, on Amazon. That's Q-U-E-Z-A-L-C-U-R-P. Brady's in it. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's a very weird book, and it's very good. And, of course, uh, you can check out the Queasel Corp podcast uh, over at a load of pure BS dot com. That's where you can check out all of the other stuff we do, whether that be our YouTube stuff gets posted on there, all the different shows we do, whether that be Queasel Corp, a load of BS, and of course the Fight Boys show, all gets posted on a load of pure BS dot com in one running feed so you can find it all at once. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at a load of pure BS dot com. You can buy our merch at merch dot a load of pure BS dot com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, find us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you are a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!